Well, hello, my entrepreneurial friends. I have a very special program that I'd like to introduce you to, and you have a short time to act. It is called Second Half Strong. It's strategic advisory, coaching, and accountability so that you can finish 2022 maximizing your profitability. What is it? Well, we're gonna develop new ideas, generate more profitable sales, incubate new or additional business opportunities to your core business, improve existing products, services, or methods, create new products, or we're going to really make you super productive and get you extremely intentional, and that is how you will maximize profitability. This is for U.S.-based business owners with a million dollars or more in annual revenue who have implemented Profit First. And this is a program that you should expect a 6x to 10x return on this coaching opportunity. There's lots of sessions in it. Again, there's a monthly strategic advisory session. You get one-on-one coaching sessions. You show up every day to sprint on your business for one hour a day. You have daily accountability check-ins with your accountability advisor. You have connect and collaborate sessions with your fellow entrepreneurs. And we will have weekly Power 30 sessions Oh, and did I mention you get to come to a very special event November 30th through December 1st in Southern California with myself and Mike Michalowicz and our fellow Second Half Strong members. This is going to really make your second half the best and most profitable second half you've ever seen in your business. If you'd like to join us, check out secondhalfstrong.com. Welcome to Profit First Nation, the official podcast for entrepreneurs who are operating their businesses in the zone of permanent profitability. I'm Mike Michalowicz, the author of Profit First, and now here's your Profit First Nation guide, Daniel Mulvey. Welcome to Profit First Nation, the podcast for the top 17% of entrepreneurs with cash in the bank to correlate to their profitability. Profit First Nation is the podcast for intelligent entrepreneurs who have taken ownership of their financials and leveraged Profit First as a cash management system to make their businesses permanently profitable. I am Danielle Mulvey, an expert at guiding entrepreneurs on owning their financials in as little as 11 minutes per day and doing Profit First right. If you are a fan of Profit First and its author, Mike Michalowicz, you have found your tribe. We are a nation of entrepreneurs driven to be profitable with a grit and a growth mindset that lets no obstacle stand in our way in pursuit of the three P's, passion, profit, and play. On Profit First Nation, we dive into advanced Profit First strategies, and we share the honest and authentic ups and downs of being an entrepreneur. Today is an episode ending in five, so that means we have our chief Profit First professional guide, Billy Ann Grigg with us in the house. Welcome, Billy Ann. Thanks, Danielle. Always happy to be here. So we have gotten a lot of questions recently on the topic of credit in the business. Mm -hmm. And so um, that is going to be a bit of the theme for today's episode. And we've got a question that I can kick us off with. Sure. I've got the Profit First bank account set up, but I'm struggling with knowing how much money is available to spend due to unpaid payables invoices, purchase orders that are in the works, and items that have been paid by credit card. Any suggestions for keeping track of purchases in transit to compare to the bank account? 
Oh, good question. Good question. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's kind of like with any other credit, right? We just need to be very careful with it. Um, you can do that by whenever you do your allocations, go ahead and move that money into a separate account. Even though you haven't paid it out yet, let's go ahead and protect that money. Create an account. You know, when in doubt, open an account, right? So create a new bank account and call it purchases in transit or you know, open purchase orders, whatever makes sense to you and move the money out of your operating expense account or your inventory account, if that's what you're using, into that new account. Yeah. And you know what, if you've got, and it's okay too, maybe you use, maybe you have multiple credit cards for the business Mm -hmm. for the specific intention, which also just kind of makes it a bit easier to um, keep everything straight and such as well. So you could have, you know, a credit card that you just use for your cost of goods purchases. And then you have a separate credit card if you're addicted to points and um, just want every little last point you can get. And so you've got some operating expenses uh, hitting that credit card as well. So, um, yeah, for us, what we do in our construction material supply business is um, we keep a separate cost of goods account totally separate and such. And then um, we do have some some large vendors that um, that we do play using American Express and we get, uh, you know, lots and lots of points. So we understand it's worth it, but you just need to keep up with paying it off. And so that sort of will kind of bounce around. There was another related question about credit cards. And so Hello, not sure if this may have been on a prior episode, but I was wondering about making payments on credit cards and how that works on the 10th and 25th. We take advantage of rewards uh, like Amazon Cash, uh, back deals with our bank, et cetera, but we don't rely on credit cards by any means. That said, when we go to make our payments, how should we approach this? It's super, super easy. I mean, provided that you keep your credit card paid off, and it sounds like this listener does, just go look at what, see what your credit card balance is on the 10th and the 25th and make that payment right there. Now, if you have a recurring or a rolling credit balance, um, an amount that you're, you're paying off over time, you're going to have to be a little bit more careful about it. Uh, just look at what your activity has been for the past period. Uh, it doesn't sound like that's what's happening with this. You know, ideally, we don't want to have an outstanding balance that we're paying down over time with our credit cards because that does go against profit first. But if you're using your credit cards for those points or those cashback deals, those things that actually do benefit you and you're not running a balance over time, then just look and see what your credit card balance is on the 10th and the 25th and pay it off. And, you know, ideally, your credit card, you should kind of have a budget for your credit card. You should have a plan for how you're using your credit card and such. So, for example, as I mentioned, you know, we have separate credit card for our operating expenses and we know what that average should be per month that's hitting that credit card. So it's important that you you keep tabs on it and you kind of like have this this ideal ceiling as to as to where your credit card expenses should be, you know, not exceeding in a given month as well. And then that also helps keep you in line with your allocations as well, because, you know, if you've been planning this appropriately, um, then you've been allocating the proper amount to operating expenses. There's not a surprise that, you know, oh my gosh, our operating expenses exceed this month because, you know, we spent more using a credit card because uh, we weren't leveraging cash at the moment. 
And there are a couple of different ways you can do that. You know, if, if you don't feel like you can trust yourself to maintain a budget without some sort of external control, you can always ask your credit card company to reduce your credit limit so it doesn't exceed what your budget is. You know, yes, it will impact your credit score a little bit, but you know, you can do that. Um, you can also, with most credit card companies, set up alerts to where you'll get a text message once your balance hits a certain amount. So I know with my credit card that I have, that's what I do. When I'm getting within $100 of what my budget is for that card, I get a text message. And that's my indication that I need to stop putting things on that credit card for now. So that's a way to kind of have that control without um, having to reduce your credit limit in case you do need that additional credit at some point in the future. Yeah, that's excellent. So one thing also that we do is because we know like how much, you know, our budget is for the credit card and we do our allocations biweekly, we divide up our average credit card spend over those 26 allocation days. And so we're allocating that kind of that budget amount you know, when we look at what our total operating expenses are, it's 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 factored into that into that whole budget and look at it that way. So that cash is is just constantly every allocation. Um, we kind of have a separate um, one, like we were talking about how you just pay it um, on the tenth and twenty fifth. So um, let's see. Um, I don't hear much about what to do with a line of credit and profit first. Is the rule of thumb to stop using it immediately after implementing Profit First, make payments via the Profit account? Um, so it's sounding like this particular person has an outstanding balance on their line of credit. Um, in that case, then you do want to do a debt snowball to pay off that. So, you know, follow the, the methodology in the book, make your minimum payments, and then once a quarter, take uh, 95 to 99% of your profit distribution and put it towards the outstanding balance on your line of credit. But again, there's no prohibition in place of using a line of credit. Um, there are some businesses that absolutely need that line of credit for leveraging debt as opposed to using it as a bridge. So it's about, again, it's about the responsibility. You know, if you are using your line of credit responsibly, then continue using it as needed. Um, have it there as kind of a safety net. You know, it, if you have large contracts and only a handful of clients, it only takes one client paying you late to wreak havoc. Uh, you know, the money could be coming. It could come the day after payroll is due. But if payroll is due, then you're going to have to pay payroll. You can use your line of credit for that. So again, it's, it's about responsibility. If you have an outstanding balance, uh, follow the debt snowball methodology. If you're just paying off your line of credit as you get money coming in, then continue doing that. And ideally, you know, once you have no more business debt in your organization, you know, you can start to now build your own cash reserve um, so that you can have your own internal line of credit yeah. as well in the business would be the ideal goal. Yeah, it's another safety net. I mean, that's the vault account, right? Uh, or you can call it the line of credit if you want. But, you know, I, I have a couple of clients that have what we call their internal line of credit. It's their vault account. And whenever money gets tight, because they have a client that's a little bit late paying them, we go to that vault account first, pay it back immediately when the client does pay. You know, if things get really, really dire, like they did a couple of years ago, then go to the line of credit. And I mean, you know, the money's coming eventually, right? More than likely, your clients aren't going to default on you. So um, yeah, it's, I would keep the line of credit as a safety net. Um, but use your internal line or your vault as your first stopgap. 
Okay. And then um, this might kind of like tie into to some of what we've already talked about, but we're going to tackle it anyway. So I've been ooh, profit first-ish <laughs> since February 2019. <laughs> the thing holding me back from going full-blown profit first is credit cards. I'm a brick and mortar florist gift shop doing $950,000 a year. My accounts are profit, taxes, payroll, my biweekly salary included, three OPEX accounts for facilities, delivery vehicles, um, and other. My business has no debt, but I use my credit cards to pay for everything. We pay off our credit card each statement. Currently, I use a paid budgeting software. You need a budget uh, instead of actual accounts. And I do my allocations biweekly on Tuesday before payday. For ease of conversation, I refer to my budget software accounts as categories. What is the best practice for healthy credit card use? That is what I do now. I have my bank account and credit card account synced with the budgeting software. Every day I allocate the deposits into the income account and then assign the credit card purchases and bank account purchases to the correct categories. It has been working. Easy to remember immediately was my grocery store trip for toilet paper, OPEX, other, or fruit for a fruit basket, cost of goods. The only way I can think of doing this with Profit First is to wait until my statement comes out, split up all the purchases I, I made on that statement, and be sure that they draw from the correct accounts and then pay the total from each account. My issue with this is if I buy something April 1st, I receive my credit card bill May 5th, and I have until May 30th to pay the statement off. What that means is I would have a two-month lag between money that's actually in my account and the money that I owe. My decision-making KPIs would be off by 30 to 60 days. Do you have a way to reframe this for me? I can't be the only business to capitalize on credit card points. Is it wrong that I don't have bank accounts and just use YNAB for this? I'm disciplined enough that I never touch money from one category or move things around when the numbers don't add up. I want to do this right, but also don't want to give up the credit card points. <laughs> I appreciate not wanting to give up those points. Um, okay, so to address the question, am I doing this wrong? My preference is to use actual bank accounts. The Profit First standard is to use actual bank accounts. We do have Profit First professionals who swear by YNAB. Absolutely love it, swear by it, say that you can 100% run your business effectively using Profit First methodology using YNAB. It sounds like this uh, listener is actually doing that. So I'm going to say, don't change it if it's working. If it's not broken, don't fix it, right? So as long as you can stay on top of those um, categorizations and everything and keep your YNAB up to date and use it to effectively make sound business decisions, you don't absolutely have to have the bank accounts, even though that is my preference. I think that the bank accounts just make it easier. Um, and just kind of on a side note a little bit, the reason that I think that is because when you do use a program like YNAB, it is contingent upon you keeping it updated. And it only takes a couple of days of not keeping it updated for it to get out of control. So with the bank, the bank's taking care of that for you. It's almost instantaneous and you can see without any intervention on your part what's going on. All right. So I'll get off mm -hmm. my soapbox on that. Um, as far as using your credit cards, it, it, keep it simple. You know, um, don't overthink it. And again, kind of like with the earlier question, just look at what your credit card balance is when you do your allocations and your payments and pay that credit card balance. You know, I wouldn't wait for the statement to come out. If you feel like you have to do a reconciliation back to your YNAB when your statement comes out, you can. Um, but I'm not sure that it's absolutely necessary to do that and run profit first effectively. 
Yeah. And you know what? I mean, I agree with you that there are profit first professionals and I am familiar with YNAB. We've used it personally in our household, um, never used it for business. So I, I honestly can't get my head wrapped around using it for business, even though I've used it personally. But, um, you know, at this, at this volume, I mean, approaching a million dollars in sales, I mean, you're talking about a lot of transactions. Um, you're talking about a lot of cost of goods, et cetera. So I would, you know, again, encourage you that you've got, um, you know, your cost of goods and you have OPEX other, you, you've already divided up your operating expense accounts. So, you know, it could just behoove you to have different credit cards um, for like totally separate different accounts so that it's very easy to reconcile and understand, you know, all the expenses that you've put on a credit card associated with the cost of goods versus all of your um, other expenses uh, that you've used uh, using the other credit card and such. And just kind of help you, you know, budget a little bit easier as well, because you can exactly see, you know, kind of what your churn is on that other credit card that you use for the other expenses versus the credit card that you're using for your, um, your cost of goods. Yeah. And and there are um, companies, third-party companies that will let you set up different credit cards for different purposes, even to the point of letting you lock down what kind of merchant codes can be run on that card. So that could be something that could help you too. And then you're not going to, you know, a bunch of different credit card companies and opening up a bunch of different accounts. It's all considered one account through one company, um, just locked down for different purposes. So look into expense management for teams, um, any kind of expense management app or program uh, for a, a team of employees, and you'll come across those sorts of things. Yeah, so we, for um, for our operating expenses, we have uh, four cards, and they're associated with individuals. And so I can see the spend per individual. So we give like our salespeople a certain budget to spend mm-hmm. um, at, at, per month as well. So it's kind of easy for me to see on the statement um, real quickly: Are they, you know, staying within budget, et cetera, um, right. without having to like do all of the accounting work because I have right. other people do that. It, it helps me, you know, I mean, you, you've got to own your financials. You've got to stay on top of it, but you don't need to be doing the data entry. You don't need to be doing the tedious work. You just have to find, you know, different ways to look at your information and data just to stay on top of it. So um, that's how I stay on top of the credit card spend is it takes me two seconds to look at the statement and look at what the spend is on each of the accounts that roll up into that one um, credit card that uh, supports our operating expenses. Yeah, if you have the right kind of team, you can 100% do that. Um, you know, some businesses are a little bit more reluctant to even give a, anybody a credit card with a $500 limit without saying you can only use this for gasoline or for rental cars or things like that. Um, and that's where one of those other apps can come in handy to, to lock it down. So it, it depends on what's going to work best for you and your business. Okay, well, that kind of is putting a a pin in this episode on credit. Do we have any last thoughts, anything that uh, you're hearing um, in the Profit First uh, community? You know, I I would just kind of cap this all off with saying credit is not bad. Um, Make sure that you are using it as a leverage tool as opposed to a bridge. So if you find yourself starting to rely on your credit cards because you don't have enough income coming in, and it's not a matter of timing, it's a matter of, I am robbing Peter to pay Paul at this point, then you definitely have to do an expense analysis. I mean, that is that is your red flag. 
that you have expenses your business can't afford. So do an expense analysis and do a pricing analysis and get that back in line. Um, but you know what? If you're using them for points or you're using it for short term, you're fine. Thank you for that reminder on, you know, Profit First is a dynamic system and expenses um, will creep up. And that is what could be killing your profitability. Because remember, there's only two ways to increase profitability. That is to increase uh, margin and decrease expenses. Mm -hmm. So you definitely want to get in the habit of, you know, ideally quarterly uh, doing, you know, an expense review and expense analysis. And so um, I will include in this week's episode visual recap, a checklist that we've compiled um, that just reminds you of the different areas that uh, you can look at and make sure that you are keeping your expenses as as low as possible because those dollars going out in expenses is dollars not going towards profit, right? 100%. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Billy Ann. So we dive into these deeper conversations on advanced profit first topics with Billy Ann on episodes ending in five. So make sure you check out those if you just want to binge advanced profit first topics. Remember episodes ending in zero, we're answering your questions as well. And then episodes ending in eight, we dive into Mike's inbox. So zero, five, and eight are the episodes that um, can really help you if you are uh, you know, wanting to get more advanced in doing profit first right And uh, as I mentioned, we have visual recaps for every episode, and you can get those by going to ProfitFirstNation.com and clicking on resources. And then if you would like to work with one of our fellow certified Profit First professional accountants, bookkeepers, or coaches, then please also go to Profit First Nation and click on contact so that you can connect with one of our certified Profit First professional peeps. Cheers to another profitable day, my entrepreneurial friend. Profit First Nation website, related podcasts, and resources are provided for general information purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. 